Let us pray. God, our good and loving Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you uh, for all of the fathers in our lives. We thank you that uh, we have been blessed in many ways, God, and we ask you to continue to bless us this day. Amen. So today uh, is Father's Day, and just as for Mother's Day, we explored images of God as mother in Scripture, so too for Father's Day, we're exploring images of God as father uh, for Father's Day. And uh, while we read every uh, Scripture story that depicts God as a mother in the Bible, uh, God is depicted as a father much more often, and so I just selected a few uh, for today. Partially, this is because um, the writers of the Bible, uh, many of them were men, and often put more priority on telling uh, men's stories than telling women's stories, and uh, spend more time talking about God as being like them than a God as being uh, like a woman, though, of course, both images of God are present in Scripture. And we know that God is uh, beyond any of our images. God is holy mystery. And so while we talk about God as father, or we talk about God as mother, or we compare God to being like a great uh, bird who carries the people out of Egypt and into freedom, uh, or like a rock, or like a river of life, uh, we know that God is beyond any of these images, that God is uh, not any of these things, but each one of these things helps us understand God. But one of the ways, uh, especially that Jesus talks about God, is God is like a father, we saw in uh, our reading from Galatians uh, that uh, this word Abba, and it is uh, comparable in many ways uh, to uh, what a, a, a young child or even a baby might say uh, when they're uh, first addressing their father. Uh, as my first word was Dada, as the first words of many are things like Dada or uh, Papa or Baba, uh, so to the word uh, that many children in Jesus's uh, time would use for their fathers was this word, Abba. And we're told that Jesus regularly refers to God in this way as Abba, not as the formal father, uh, not in the Greek, uh, but in his own language, uh, his own sort of uh, la uh, language he would have spoken in the home, Aramaic, he uses the word Abba to refer to God. And so this is a word that addresses God as father, but is intimate and personal and close. And Jesus also talks about God as being his father in a way that is uh, unique, because Jesus refers not just to God as father, but also to himself as being the son of God, not just a son or a child of God in a way that we all are, but as being uniquely the Son of God. And we hear this in especially the Gospel of John. Um, John is very repetitive, as uh, you may have noticed, that, that John um, really uh, hits it home. So you can't miss what John is trying to say. Makes the same point over and over again in sort of very repetitive sentences sometimes. Uh, and so in John 5, we hear this. Uh, Jesus is, um, it, the, the reading says, responding to his critics. So earlier in chapter 5, Jesus has healed someone on the Sabbath. So on the seventh day of the week, the Sabbath, uh, God's law is clear. 
that God gave to the people in the wilderness through Moses, Miriam, and Aaron, uh, that the the people have a, a set of laws. And indeed, in the Ten Commandments, one of them is about honoring the Sabbath. That's how important this day is. Our story of creation has on the Sabbath, even God rests on the Sabbath. And so the idea is that you shouldn't do any kind of work. This is a day where if their ancestors, when they were enslaved, had to work every single day, that's not how they're going to live anymore. They're going to get a day off. There's not going to be any work. And while this might sound maybe a little harsh to us, if you can imagine in a world where um, enslaved workers and all workers were required to work every single day, if you can imagine a day where there's no days off, how radical and freeing it must be that, that in this one country, they took a day off every week. There was a day off where they didn't do any work, no one. Whether you're the most rich and powerful, or whether you were the poorest of the poor, there was a day where everyone got a day off. Um, this is completely unlike what any of the surrounding countries or societies did. It was um, really this new idea uh, for many people that work wasn't the only thing in life, that family, that play, that fun, that rest, that these were important things. And so while it can sound harsh to us, it was actually this beautiful and radical idea that human beings are meant to do more than just work. Good advice for all of us uh, still. Work is different these days, but good advice for all of us to remember to take some time off. And, uh, but in Jesus' day, uh, people took these really great, some people took these really great ideas and made them into harsh and rigid rules. And the same thing happens, uh, happens in our day, that we create these ideas that are good ideas about this is how we should do things. Uh, and then over generations, we make those into harsh and rigid rules that everyone needs to follow or else. Um, you know, I think of, uh, I, I'm from, a, a, my, some of my ancestors are Mennonites, uh, and saw in the culture around them that, um, as the United Church has seen, uh, that gambling can lead to addiction, that gambling can ruin lives. Uh, and so go so far as, as some folks in Mennonite families to say, uh, you won't even have playing cards. Or I grew up, uh, the only card games we played were solitaire uh, style card games, uh, nothing that we would play uh, sort of together. And so uh, I didn't grow up playing lots of card games, uh, even as we sort of grew past this, so this became our, our tradition. Or United Church people, seeing that alcohol led to um, all kinds of evils, uh, saw that it led to family breakdown and family violence, that led to addiction. Uh, many United Church people, especially United Church women, uh, were at the heart of the move uh, in the last century to ban alcohol in Canada. And we found that um, banning alcohol didn't deal with the problems that resulted. Uh, so it was a good idea, you know, but it didn't quite work that you can't just quite ban things, that there's something deeper that we need to, to address in supporting people uh, living with addiction or the situations that alcohol can exacerbate or that gambling can cause or that many other things can cause. And so it's the same thing with the Sabbath. Jesus uh, has healed someone on the Sabbath. And if you were to ask me, you know, if someone was hurting and it was my day off, would I go and help them? The answer had better be yes, like um, rather than just saying, oh, no, can't. It's my day off. Got to let them, you know, wait until the next day. Um, 
And so that's what Jesus does. Yes, it's his day off because it's the Sabbath, but he goes and he heals. And so the very, very um, religious people of his day are shocked that this, you know, guy from the small town doesn't know it's the Sabbath. And so they start lecturing him about like, don't you know it's the Sabbath? Don't you know this is a day off? How can you be helping people on the Sabbath? And Jesus gets kind of grumpy because these people are using the Sabbath as an excuse to not help people in need. And so that's what introduces this thing where Jesus says, don't you know who I am? I am the son of the father, Jesus says. And so Jesus goes on this thing to say that if the father is the source of life, the son is the source of life. That if you want to honor the father, you have to honor the son. That uh, the son has come uh, in order to uh, bring justice to all the world. That will judge between those who do good things and those who do bad things. And will bring life to all who do good. That the voice of the son will come forward and all will hear. And so we tend in Christian theology to talk about Jesus as the son and to spend a lot of our time on that. But then sometimes we forget, what does it mean to say then that God is the Father? And here I want to go back uh, to two images. From the psalm, we see this beautiful image that the God that we worship is the father of orphans, the defender of widows, the one who settles the lonely in their homes, the one who sets prisoners free with happiness. That this is who we believe God is. God is always on the side of those whose society has abandoned, forgotten, or excluded. In Jesus' day, those would often be orphans or widows. And we can think of who those people might be in our day. The forgotten, the abandoned, or excluded. They might be people who have difficulty getting out of their homes, especially in winter. They might be people who are uh, struggling uh, to find connection, who don't have good internet, for example, while everything has shifted online during COVID-19. They might be uh, Black people and other people of color seeking justice and safety from police violence uh, as we confess and affirm that Black lives matter. There's many people, and God, we believe, is their father. And we have the same image in Deuteronomy. We have the image that God is like a father who disciplines us, that God... Uh, kept God's people in the wilderness for 40 years to teach and to discipline them, not as a harsh, uh, in a harsh way, but in a way to help the people learn what it would be to live by the word of God, that we don't live by bread alone, but live by every word that comes from the mouth of God, that this is who our God is, that God is a father. God has always been our father, God has always loved us. God has always protected us. God has always cared for us. And God does this too. And just as God is the father of Jesus Christ, so too Galatians tells us that through Jesus Christ, something new is happening to us. That while in old days we were caught, enslaved by the forces of the world, through Jesus something new happens and we're set free. We're like children, Paul says, who, while they're minors, uh, are, don't have any legal capacity, even if the whole world belongs to them. But when they grow up, they become uh, adults and receive everything that their parents entrusted for them. And it's the same way like us, that through Jesus, we have been adopted. The word Paul uses here literally means to make someone a son. 
It's the same word they used to make someone a daughter, but in the culture of their day, they just used the word to make someone a son. Uh, and it's the word we use in English is adoption, that we are adopted through Jesus Christ as God's children, as daughters and sons. And I think this is a good image not to jump over, that um, there are many kinds of families in our time, and that families that are formed through adoption are as truly families as every other kind of family, that the Bible has many different kinds of families, and it uses the image of adoption to understand how it is that we become the children, the daughters, the sons of God, that we are adopted, that Jesus Christ is God's true son, but Jesus comes uh, that we all can be God's children, we all can be God's daughters, we all can be God's sons. And so through that, we then get to receive and inherit everything that God has promised to Jesus. That if God the Father has promised Jesus the whole universe, then as we become adopted with Jesus as daughters and sons and his children, then we too are heirs. Heirs to receive the whole promise of everything God, our loving Father, has promised us. A God who is always protecting us, always providing us, always guiding us. The father of orphans, the defender of widows, the one who sets the prisoners free, the protector of the poor. This is our God, our Father who loves us. And so on this Father's Day, we say, Amen, and thanks be to God.